Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Oh, hello, Nicholas. Hello you there. Me mending my fences. <laughs> <laughs> that is an old... Uh, I love when Will Ferrell did George W. Bush. It was uh, it was it was just fucking hysterical, and it what what a time when we look back. We are right now. We look back and go, "Hey, he wasn't so bad. He wasn't so bad." But Will Ferrell, <laughs> Will Ferrell's uh, uh, <laughs> uh, rendition of him is great. And so this one sketch was like, "Oh, he's like there's a fence behind him. He's got a little pickaxe." He's like, "Oh, hello, America. You caught me mending my fences." Hey, Condi, go deep. Yeah, it's just fucking hysterical. Anyways. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, Geeks Worldwide Radio and the Dork Shared Gooniverse proudly presents to you the greatest podcasting team in the world. He's the Fry Guy, Nick Fryer. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. Together we are the greatest podcasting team. I said that already. The TLDR <laughs> Comic Book Club baby nicholas how's it going you know it's honestly it makes sense that you went and did that twice joe because our listeners have gotten an overload of us over the past week because not only did you get what's new which usually means you get an interview you got a second interview at least if you are a hoop head like our friend a new friend kyle starks is holy shit that man has a lot of basketball opinions and i absolutely loved all of it it was uh that was fun time except except for the marcus smart opinion <laughs> it was uh we're done, I, with Marcus. We, we're done with Marcus. Adios. We have we have moved on from Marcus. You will always have a place in my heart, but uh at least I'll give Kyle this. He did Derek White, he's right about that hundred percent. Like Derek oh, White 100%. You didn't need to keep Marcus smart. Uh, but yeah. yes, that was a fun time. But more importantly, all the comics chatter that we had with him was a lot of fun. Pine and Merrimack, I'm telling you guys, um, the FOC has come and gone. We did let you guys know in the course of the, at least at the start of the, the, the original interview when I added a couple of inserts. Um, but uh, the, the FOC has come and gone. But if you didn't put it on your pull list um, ahead of the first issue coming out, when you see it on the racks at your local comic shop, pick it up. Don't hesitate. Joe and I absolutely love this. Um, some fun characters, a, a promising start from a plot standpoint too. But I, I'm I'm all about Pine and Merrimack and had some great conversation with Kyle about some of his other works and got a little insight, you know, about what's what's to come for him possibly in the future too. Yeah, and, and the art too. It's beautiful art by oh, Frank yeah. Allen. Gorgeous yeah. art. And I kept calling it Merrimack and Pine. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why it's Pine and Merrimack. I grew up, fun fact, in Amesbury, I grew up on Merrimack Street, right? And so maybe that's why I just had sort of Merrimack on huh. uh, the front of my mind. But I realized, because I kept seeing it, I go, Wait, I'm not the one. Wait, they're not the ones making the fucking mistakes here. Let me, let me make. Oh fuck! All right, Joseph, <laughs> you, you gotta, you know, strike that, reverse it. But yeah, uh, it was, it was a great talk, and I, that's the longest we have ever chatted with someone. Uh, yeah, where they weren't like desperately running to try and get away from us by the end of you know 45 minutes. But like, that was a two hour conversation we had, uh, which and we was, had to cut it off. Yeah, and it was, and it was, it was fun as hell, but. We don't want this episode, this issue, this trade. This is trade Ooh. nine, which means ninety mainline issues, folks. Yeah, uh, and we've got we've got a, a whopper uh, in store. So uh, Nicholas, why don't you uh, why don't you plug everything? 
yeah, I was gonna say I gotta plug a few things because yeah, you do. Well, we, you know, again, we'll probably have a, a, you know two hour conversation with a guy, and he's not rushing to get off the call with us. I'm sure we're gonna have Kyle on again at some point down the line. He's got a lot of awesome uh, work coming out now, and uh, I can't wait to see what he has coming forward. But again, always make sure you're subscribing to our audio channels. If you're finding us on on Twitter, uh, YouTube, or on Doc's Twitch page, which again, if you listen to us uh, in audio form only, you can go and look at our ugly mugs over on those platforms as well if you want to watch us try and ramble on through these conversations. Um, ramble but on. if you only listen to or only watch us on those platforms, make sure you subscribe to the audio channels as well. So we're talking Apple, Spotify, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud, Pocket Cast, um, uh, Amazon, all those, the major platforms, you can find us there. Make sure you, you subscribe there because that's the only place you're going to get our Friar side chat. So that's when we talk to Kyle Starks most recently. Uh, we had Axel Alonzo on very recently as well. And then who knows? More stuff can pop up. Joe and I will say, like, oh, we haven't had anybody on in a while. And then well, who knows? We can go and rip off like three conversations in a row. And we had no fucking idea how it happened. And we're coming out the other end of it. Like, what the fuck is going on? We haven't done a mainline issue in forever, but we do have one today. So for those who are new to the program, we are doing a trade, which means that Joe and I will both be talking about a new book for you guys to hear about if you haven't read it before and i haven't read the, the book that joe's talking about and vice versa per usual on mainline however after we do our new books we are each going to circle back and talk about a book that the other has recommended to us to each other before so i am going to try and guess what joe is talking about today but it can be any of the previous 89 books that i have recommended to joe previously and obviously the same for uh, for me on the other end of it. I fucking well. dug deep too. I dug deep. Um, I went into the, I went into the bowels of TLDR Ooh. to find this book. Interesting. That makes you actually that makes me feel less good about my picks, uh, <laughs> quite honestly. Because the way you talked about it originally, I had a. I'll I'll explain my logic when we get there. But why don't we? Uh, we actually didn't have anything between the two of us that we. Uh, oh no, you did catch up on some stuff. Um. Uh. What uh, What have you been catching up on? A couple things real quick. So uh, the latest issue of Transformers uh, by Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, we talked about just how much like we've been enjoying the series so far and and how it's really made us sort of appreciate Transformers. This was a fucking excellent issue. Absolutely excellent. It's one this one ripped at every level. Uh, action, emotional, great pacing, great art, everything about it. Absolutely excellent. So I didn't get to read it because I had a lot of holiday yeah. stuff this weekend. I'm so pissed. Yeah. I'm yeah, you get, get and read it and go back and pick it up. Uh, have your comic book shop order it if you need to. Transformers by Daniel Warren Johnson. Excellent. Um, and then this may or may not, you know, uh, you know, tease something to come. But I've been catching up on Cy Spurrier's Hellblazer. I read the first mm. volume. Mm. Yeah, first and volume. that's we've we've already heard that that he's coming back too with uh, Aaron yeah. Campbell, and I'm, I'm very very excited for that. And so what what I what I love about it is I love the storytelling. Uh, each issue, I believe, uh, well, not not every issue, but there's a couple of different artists, at least in the mm -hmm. first volume. Uh, so some of it is really good, and some of it was not my my cup of tea. But I didn't let that take me out of size storytelling here. Mm. Uh, and I love how sort of each issue in the first volume is, you know, there is a there is a two parter in there, but like I love how they're kind of indiv individualistic but they're mm -hmm. also tied together at the same time so yeah more on that more on that later but well, you like um, the, the grittier art style for how i did yeah. i did because that that fits size storytelling yeah and that's what better. we're getting in this in his uh return to the title too because yeah. it's, i believe it's aaron campbell who i i don't know if yes. he did all, 
I believe he did the majority of that uh, the, that run. So yeah, yeah, very exciting stuff there. And again, that's not a book that I specifically talked about on here. I, we've talked about it before. Like, should we revisit characters for specific arcs? But we have so much stuff to cover that kind of doesn't really happen. Um, but the one I talked about a long time ago was by the late Cy Spencer, um, City of Demons, which I obviously we've heard about that story a few times. I, and you've read that. I love that one. But I love the way Cy uh, writes Constantine. I can't wait to... Uh, see more of his work uh, which is going to be starting in january as well but uh without further ado because again i didn't catch up i've been reading uh, you know other stuff that uh, was more relevant to the show today later on in the program uh what do we got for the uh, what's new this week joe starting with the trades okay so i didn't dive too deep into the trades because i know we have a lot to get to sure um but we have a couple of things we have the daredevil epic collection last rights mm-hmm. um and I don't think this is out this week, but it should be out very soon. Chip Zdarsky's uh, entire run of Spider-Man at Marvel is being oh. released on hardcover. Um, so that's going to be a collector piece for everyone and anybody. That's mm-hmm. um, So keep your peepers popped for that. Um, from IDW, we have My Little Pony Best of 40th Anniversary Special. Oh, good for you, Mac. And then, yeah, and Swags. <laughs> and then oh, yeah. uh, from, uh, uh, from uh, The Dark Horse, we have Macbeth, A Tale of Horror. Uh, the Many Deaths of Barnaby James and uh, Creepy Archives, Volume 4. Um, so, yeah, so a little bit of everything there, you know, mm-hmm. for the bronies and the horror freaks out there, you know. Yep, yep. Um, got those. But let's let's dive into the good stuff because, uh, you know, as per usual, Marvel has got like a thousand books out this week. Um, so starting with Marvel, the week of 12, 12, 12, 13, new comic book day. Uh, we have Moon Knight issue 30, uh, Miles Morales Spider Man issue 13. We have X Men Red 18, uh, The Immortal Thor issue 5, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 9, Dark X Men issue 5, Star Wars Bounty Hunters issue 41, Captain America issue 4, uh, Blade issue 6, uh, Daredevil Gang War issue 1. Uh, which is not written by Ahmad uh, Salad, a uh, different writer. Mm. Uh, but this one I definitely want to check out because I am fully ensconced in all things Daredevil. Uh, we have Punisher 2, uh, Marvel Zombies, Black, White, and Blood, Issue 3. Uh, a book I am reading, just didn't get a chance to read it yet this week, is Luke Cage Gang War, Issue 2, written by Rodney Barnes. Mm. Uh, we oh, have Dibs not even fucking reading it. That's cool. That's not yeah, up yeah. I, I might I might wait like an entire year before I pick up the second issue just to uh, fucking write you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have Spider Gwen. Right, you have to Rodney if you do that. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I, I wouldn't do that to my boy Rodney. Uh, we have Spider Gwen Smash issue one, or I'll just read them and not tell you. Mm. Um, Star Wars: The High Republic, Shadows of Star uh, Starlight issue three, White Widow two, Silver Surfer uh, Rebirth Legacy four. Okay, from DC, we got Detective Comics 1079, which, Joe, I know you've been loving what Ron B's been doing. Mm, And Jason Jason Sean Alexander, too, and what a tandem. Uh, Then we Mm. got Action Comics 1079, Batman and Robin, issue four, Green Lantern 6, World's Finest Teen Titans, issue six, Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, issue two, Superman Lost, issue nine, Batman City of Madness issue two, which I have not checked out yet, but everything that I've seen visually from this thing looks insane. I got to give this one a look. Um, Danger Street issue 12, Titans Beast World issue 12, Wesley Dodge, The Sandman issue three, 
Batman Santa Claus Silent Night Issue 2, Outsiders Issue 2, Titans Beast World Tour Gotham Issue 1, Speed Force 2, Batman Faux Simile Edition if 428. Oh, that's the um is that the is that Jason Todd? Is that is that right? Anyways, um, and then we got uh Twas the Might Before Christmas issue one, Waller versus Wildstorm issue four, Bird of uh Prey Uncovered issue one, and then Batman and the Joker Deadly Duo Unplugged issue one. All right, so yeah, uh so this is where things get really, really interesting because there's a lot of really great books that dropped from Image this week. And I'm bummed out that I didn't get to read um, two of them. One very in particular I didn't get to read, but you did. And we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Uh, so you have Radiant Black 27. Uh, I wrote down A and B, but it's really Radiant Black 27 and 27 and a half. So this is part of the... Um, the catalyst war and they were trying trying to do something very unique here where you've got stories being told from marshall's perspective and then uh the same story but from nathan's perspective mm. and i was under the i was under the initial impression right that you could read one or the other and mm. that when they came together like then it would sort of go from there yeah um but these issues have been a little few and far between and i wasn't really quite clear with how to read this one because usually it was pretty obvious you pick this cover the a cover and you get nathan's story you pick the b cover you get marshall's story or vice versa whatever and this one i was like i can't fucking tell right because <laughs> they both yeah. look the same and so i came to the realization because i know we had planned you were going to read one i was going to read the other and then we talk about like how they came together and you i don't think it's going to work i got to no. go back i, ju I you just you got to read both i agree right mm -hmm. and i i mm, Yep. Right, the idea, the premise of it is just so fantastic, but you really do have to read both. So I'm gonna. Have, mm -hmm. So I didn't read this one because when I came to that realization, I was like, I gotta go back and read the last. It's either two or three issues, um, you know, of the ones I didn't read, so that I wanted this to make absolute sense. Yeah. Um, because I feel like if if I if you don't, it it, yeah. it might not. So we're in agreement on this. Yep, hundred yep. <laughs> percent. Um, the scorched issue twenty four. Phantom Road. This is another one I wanted. Phantom Road issue seven. This is, of course, uh, Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Walta. Uh, mm. The second arc is picking back up, uh, or it's already. This is the. We're already in the second arc here. Um, the Enfield Gang Massacre issue five. This continues to be an excellent, excellent uh, prequel to that Texas Blood. Uh, you had asked me off air. Uh, do you need to have read that Texas Blood in order for this to make sense? No. Okay. Right? So you can yeah. read this as uh, you know if, if you're new to that Texas Blood, yeah, or you haven't read it yet. Um, this is a great primer for that. It takes place. I mean, it's Chris Condon and uh, Sean Phillips, uh, or is it Jacob Phillips? Jacob so Phillips. Fucking, Jacob Phillips. Thank you. Just the two Phillips. You got you 50 50 chance. Well, there's Stephanie Phillips too, right? So, oh, like, that's I, true. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's true. a good chance you say Phillips, and I'm going to say the wrong one. I don't mean to. I apologize, uh, <laughs> Jacob Phillips. Um, but <laughs> uh, again. I didn't want to get sent to the fucking gulag that is the rumpus room. Uh, there is no spoon, as AWA has told yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> but we have three books uh, from AWA that we want to touch on. Um, Nicholas, why don't you kick us off here? 
Yeah, uh, Rogue Son, issue 17. Of course, Ryan Parrott, Abel, and Marco Reyna was on this uh, issue as well. There is so much action in this issue, and we kind of were led to think that we led to believe that was going to happen uh, after the, the events of issue 16. And that was very cool. Like Abel and Marco Reyna really had a chance to go off, had a fun time with all of that. But for me, what it's it's funny like how you know we both know this about ourselves like we want the action we enjoy the action and those are some of the images that are really going to stick with us but what we end up talking about more is this the the writing how the story is told through the art and this is a huge huge issue for marcus and that is how i will remember issue 17 and it is like i am as i'm talking about it i'm like i'm getting that feeling again that i when i read this it's like wow I didn't. I never thought of like that. I was gonna feel like 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 I would think the way I do now about Marcus um, throughout the, this entirety of the story. Things had kind of shifted as the family dynamic evolved a little bit more. So it was like there was an opening up of maybe I can feel I can attach myself to this character a little bit more. But after this issue, man. Um, I was just, I'm, I'm blown away. I am blown away by the development uh, of this character this far into the story, like 17 chapters in. And we like now before it's like, oh, he's just kind of a dink, you know, and I get it. And it's just the way he is and whatever. But now we've gotten to know him a lot more. We've gotten to learn about how he was raised and why he is the way he is. And this issue gives us a lot more insight into his thought process. Cause we get narration from him here. Um, uh, crazy like so this is this was a marcus heavy issue and i very very much enjoyed that god damn this is the one book that i really wanted to read this week and i just i just ran out of time today to get to it so i will uh this will definitely be the first thing i read either tonight or or, yeah. or as soon as i can because i fucking love this book yeah plain and simple like i love radiant black i love um um oh shit the deadly um dead lucky dead lucky i fucking love i mean i love all these books this one is hands down my favorite and yep. the last several issues especially the last two um have just been have just given us so much and we know where this is well we think we know where this is going but it's just building and building and building and i just i just fucking love everything about this it. So is my this is my like when it, the week that this comes out every month like uh, what like this is my the first book i read every time yeah 100 yeah no like yeah, not, not even a hesitation yeah generally is for me too but there was a lot getting ready for a trade uh, is a lot so. oh yeah oh yeah you tell you kidding um we got we, so much to get to which you you got a couple titles that you wanted to dig into where do you want to go on these uh with from image yeah so i'm going to start with a haunted girl um issue three and i've talked about this you know uh I've talked about this, you know, each week or each month that has come out and just, you know, Ethan Sachs, Naomi Sachs, right. His father, daughter, you know, tandem writing this and of, of all three issues. And I think it's concluding with the fourth issue. I think it's at least this first arc. It's just going to, it's just going to be four issues. You know, there's, there's been a lot of, there was a lot of character building, you know, in the first two issues, right. You were really getting, uh, you know, just this, this, emotional like heavy emotional stuff in these first two issues and this one is is just like just really takes the story to the next level this one was a lot of world i wouldn't say world building but we got a lot of like okay these are the stakes this is what's real this is this is what's going on this is at the heart of what's going on right now 
and it, we get some further insight as to you know why our main character is you know, you know why the way she is is some things that are you know beyond her control and it, like i said storytelling wise really just takes it to the next level here so this has been an absolutely you know excellent series some real stakes you know were on the line uh in this issue uh you know which was excellent this has been um, a nice surprise yeah it really has it really has and again like i know we've got certain rules for our cup upcoming annual so I don't know if it'll qualify for potential um, best new series because there might not be, you know, um, it definitely won't because the last issue won't come out until January. But we do have a category for best surprise of yeah. the year, right? Yeah, that's and, true. And 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 potentially this one, this one could fit there. Yeah, um, this is this has been this is one of this. I don't know your other candidates. I got like off the top of my head, but this would would not surprise me at all if this is your pick in the end. Yeah, this is this is like there's a couple of books that I like read. Go, oh shit! Like wow, uh, but this one this one's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, but then a book that I'm I'm telling you right now, Nicholas, I'm I'm calling dibs on right now. Dibs, okay. dibs, dibs, dib, dib, right. dibby dibs. Um, even Sean Phillips likes it when I call dibs on your ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that is um, Bloody Dozen issue one from Image Comics. Uh, it's written by Charles Soule and art by uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, this is one that I, I I made a decision. Read this or Rogue Son before the show. It's a number one. I want to read it so I can talk about it. And within the first three pages, I said, yep, this is a Dibs book. Uh, nice. This, is, this has got some, again, I wouldn't call it horror elements, but there's some fucked up shit that's going on early on. Um, you, you've got, you know, some magic vampires. You've got, you've got some sci-fi elephant, elephants, Jesus elements to it, <laughs> <laughs> but Al <laughs> Albuquerque's art is tremendous soul storytelling. I mean, this, this is exactly, we talk about this all the time. This, this book achieves what a number one should do. It's paced well, it's drawn well, it's written well. It, it doesn't, you know, like we always talk about hooks, like, you by the end, you, it had its hooks into me within the first three pages. Like as soon as I knew it was dips, it had me. So um, bloody dozen issue one. Make sure if you're running out to your local comic book shop, grab it, grab it, grab mm -hmm. it. And if, and if you're listening to this, you know, and it's not, and the new comic book day has already passed, go back, look for it, ask your local comic book shop to get it for you. You're absolutely gonna want to read it. It's fantastic. Nice. Uh, I'm just here for the the uh, the elephants. I'm really excited about those. But I gotta wait, I guess, for a while. Um, let's move on though. Let's go to Boom. Uh, we got a few titles here that you and I are both reading. You, of course, are reading House of Slaughter issue 20, and then we got Damn Them All issue 11. Uh, there's also Zawa and the Belly of the Beast issue two, and then Under Heist issue one. You did not check this out because Boom issue one. I know. I I, yeah. I plan to just you yeah. know. There's only yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm over 800 books on the year though, Nicholas. Yeah, good on you. I I was yeah. thinking about um, I I thought about this crossed my mind too, but uh, there was a, a couple other number ones that were higher priority for me in the end, and we'll get to those in a second. Why don't you mm -hmm. take us through Dark Horse? So so uh, well uh yeah, Dark Horse. Jesus Christ, I can read. Uh, <laughs> we have Star Wars Hyperspace Stories issue 12. Uh, from the world, I, of of the, I just thought of the wait, wait, time out. I just thought of the um, I think it's Tommy Boy, where David Spade's character Richard says to uh, to, to Chris Farley, uh, it's called it's called reading top to bottom, <laughs> left to right, put a bunch of words together and they form a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, it's so fucking it's good. It's covered in a thin candy shell. Your brain's covered in a thin candy shell. Shut up, Richard. Uh, <laughs> get your packet. Uh, Star Richard, Wars. Who's your favorite little rascal? Alfalfa or is it Spanky? Who's your favorite Sit baseball there. team? The Yankees. <laughs> Speaking of which, fuck the Yankees because they're going to sign Yamamoto and it's really going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, there's our sports talk for, for Ryan. Love you, brother. Uh, Star Wars Hyperspace Stories, issue 12. From the World of Minor Threats, the Alternates, issue 4. Space Usagi, Death and Honor. This is, I might have gotten pushed back because I, I feel like I, I definitely read this a few weeks ago. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Hmm. Um, Operation Sunshine, issue 3. Quick Stops, Volume 2, Issue 1, and The Assassin's Apprentice 2, Issue 1. And then you've got a book, Nicholas, you'd like to discuss. Yeah, there was another number one on the uh, Out from Dark Horse this week, and that's Masterpiece, Issue 1. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Alex Maleev, uh, edited by a friend of the show, Daniel Chabon. And I, oh, I, I was, I don't know at what point I called dibs in this, but it definitely, I didn't wait till the end. That's for damn sure. Uh, we meet this character, Emma, and I love the, the introduction to her. She's a 16 year old kid and she feels all too real because she's this new kid at a school and the teacher's asking her to introduce herself and get in, in you know, tell everybody about herself and whatnot. And I, I've never been in that situation, but every time I talk to somebody who has been in that situation, they always have this like internal monologue of really, you're going to make me fucking do this. I got nothing to fucking say. I'm boring. I'm not interesting. I don't want to get like, you, you're all going to judge me, whatever. And you have that internal monologue, but people just, they don't say that kind of stuff because you don't say that as a human being. Like, you're just like, I'm just going to put it on the face and figure out how to get fucking through this. That is not how Emma operates. She's just like, I don't want to do this. Like, and just so you know, before you all judge me, like, remember that I said, I don't want to do this. So I, I love that about this character, how she's real. She's obviously smart. And then we find out like, she's actually very, very fucking smart. Um, so the, the, the premise for this is outstanding. She's just smart. 16 year old kid who's like in in like created like inventions but also has like a web comic series um which is kind of cool we see a little bit of that art in here as well which is kind of fun um and it definitely it's like that that art is obviously a, a you know major step down than the, the the normal art that we get um but still it's like it's pretty good um but we find out like she's her parents were like a big fucking deal in like the 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 thief community they've pulled off some big heists uh like th like five of the biggest ever or something to, to that effect um and now like one of the guys that's robbed um ro like that they robbed has found emma so that's going to turn into a whole thing we, the parents are not in the mix though we don't know where the parents are and then as if that wasn't all enough you get an interesting character introduction a promising premise in general then we get to the end of the issue and there's another player who gets added to the mix and they're like well, like they, they, they make their presence very well known. This was a this first issue was a whole fucking meal. I am very excited to talk about this at length at some point down the line because I have very high expectations uh, for this title coming off the first issue. I'm glad you called dibs on it too, so I didn't have to say bad things about Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with Superman or Batman. Otherwise, you're gonna hear about it from Joe. That's for damn. Also, true. also uh, getting back to sports minute, another player the Red Sox didn't sign. Because they fucking stink. Uh, young Hu Lee, Young Hu Lee signed with the San Francisco Giants. Um, just a nice, nice little bat. The you know Sox probably could have used in their outfield that huh. fucking stinks. No, I got Tyler um, O'Neill. They're fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's an odd signing. Uh we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get many of those. We, we Nick and I have been discussing this with our good with our good good best friend, you know, Corey. Yep. Um, you know, about you know, we're gonna hear a lot of well, we were in on that guy. I, I right? mean and, sure and you and you know and you know the inevitable, oh well, a healthy Chris Sale is gonna be like making a major move. If they do that, I'm actually gonna like I might lose it a little bit on Twitter. Like I, I, I think I'm going to have to like on my sports account, like my work account. It's, it, it's absolutely asinine. If you go and make that claim, like you, you, I told you about like, when I ripped them for, for the Mookie best deal back when I was like covering them, like when that fucking happened. And uh, I, I won't have, I, I just, I got no patience for like a bunch of bullshit. Like it's, it's, I get it. If you're like, you know, you want to go in a different direction and all this different stuff. But when you start feeding lies, I have no time for that. They so. can't even sign Seth Lugo. And he's a uh, for real. Bum. He's for a real. bum. He went to he went to fucking Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how do you lose out on a guy to the Royals? Like outside of their what was it, 2015 especially, and 2014? Especially months? now that we know you can fucking the loophole of the centuries. You could like, all right, here, I can defer 98% of your salary and it won't go against a fucking luxury uh, tax. Dude, I can't believe yeah. that that happened. That's crazy. We're not but... we're not a sports show. We're with, that's 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 my fifth podcast. We'll get to that later. But uh, <laughs> IDW, IDW, we have beneath the trees where nobody sees. Issue two. I read the best description of this. It is Dexter meets the Berenstain Bears. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Uh, so that that comes out. Uh, Earth Divers issue thirteen. Dark Space's Dungeon Issue 2, which was the first issue of that was excellent. Killmore Issue 3, which is another excellent. I think that was killing it. Those are three fucking tremendous uh, issues right there, or series right there. Uh, we have Star Trek, Picard's Academy Issue 3, Sonic the Hedgehog, Winter Jam Issue 1. You can get that, put that in your nephew's stocking. Yeah, I got um, Adam's Family, uh, Charlton's Web Issue 1, and uh, Godzilla, Best of Gagat Issue 1. Nicholas. What do we have from Vault? Before I do the Vault thing, you have oh. dibs on Beneath the Trees where nobody sees, correct? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Okay, and Kilmore. Yes, and Kilmore. But like the, Beneath the Trees where nobody sees very much stands out because of how much you raved about that before, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm very excited. Um, uh, uh, from your pitch primarily, like when you talked about the first issue, that was a better pitch than anything I could have fucking said. Well, I think you said the Berenstein Bears thing last time. I don't know about the Dexter thing, but either way, really cool. Um, but one book that you didn't call dibs on that I, I'm I'm I, I'm stunned that you didn't call dibs on this, but I'm also grateful at the same time is Beyond Real issue one. This is from Vault Comics, uh, and it's written by Zach Kaplan with art by Fabiana Mascalo and Tony. Fajula, um, with colors by Jordi Belair, which uh, that is the, the least surprising bit of this whole title because obviously Jordi Belair is one of the best colorists in the business. And the colors in this have to be absolutely batshit crazy because all of the the pencil, the line work in this is absolutely batshit crazy in the best of ways. You talked about how this thing is heady in a good way. Could not agree with you more. This is such a the art here is beautiful, like a wild visual journey. Um, and it all has, it has this, an awesome story at the center of it. Um, I know you talked about like the, the plot a little bit more last time, but 
my big thing here is like if it's like uh, got like a little bit of a matrixy uh like vibe to it and then there's like a romance at the center of it all as well um but beyond that too those two characters as much as we always see like two people like, uh, in real life and in stories you'll see like two opposites kind of fall in love but you have basically a scientist and an artist fall in love and i love like for me i i just I don't know. I think through the conversations that I have at home, like it's just as much as we're both like, you know, editors in our own right. Like there's, I, I, we have the conversations about this kind of stuff and I find it fascinating seeing it here and then experience it with the artist and, and all about her feelings. I very much related to that character and, um, and, and just the way everything evolves throughout the course of the story is is absolutely nuts so this is a great example like look i'm not I, i'm not naive i don't think either of us are naive to all the stuff that's going on in twitter unfortunately in the comic space and there's so much there this is a great example of how crazy and awesome comics can be outside of superhero stories and like if yeah we'll just and again looked at it as the medium as opposed to like superheroes being like the medium or whatever and like one in the same that's not the case like there's there's a bunch of different stories we talk about them all the fucking time on here and beyond real is a great example of like what you can do outside of superhero stories this is an amazing amazing first issue joe yeah it was it was excellent and i love the panels too where there was just a lot of empty space it was just the character sort of talking into the void and it was sort of you know lack of it was just these white sort of backgrounds right yeah so everything about it was just it was just it was it was really fascinating to read really engaging and uh just just great storytelling yeah moved at a good pace and was smart too and that's not always th like like very smart i felt like like and that's not things that are always together sometimes when you got when you're trying to have a smarter book you kind of got to slow things down a little bit not the case here moved at a very good pace um all right let's get through some of these other what also i forgot from dark horse the witcher wild animals three dropped oh uh, or drops yeah. yeah so i'm not gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna dive into it too far other than this was the best issue um, of this particular series. Maybe one of the best issues uh, that Stibber, uh, Bartosz Stibber, has written for The Witcher. And the way this one ends, Nicholas, holy shit, absolutely jaw dropping. Wow. That is, uh, that's saying something for sure. I, I didn't get a chance to look at this yet. And this is up there on priorities for me to check out. That's saying a lot. Damn. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to fly us through this. We do have one more book that you want to dig into. We'll get that at the end here of what's new. From Titan, we got Bloodborne, The Bleak Dominion, Issue 3. Life is Strange, Forget Me Not, Issue 1. Scarlet Couture, The Munich Files, Issue 5. Guma, The Beginning of Her, Issue 1. I don't know what that is. Um, Dynamite, Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Great Hunt, Issue 2. A lot of colons in there. Uh, Alice Cooper, Issue 3. Top Cow, we got Antarctica, Issue 6, which is the start of a new arc. Joe, you have dibs on that book. Siphon, Excellent. Issue 2. Uh, from Oni Press, we got Invasive, Issue 1, written by friend of the show, Cullen Bunn. From Mad Cave, we got The Devil That Wears My Face, Issue 3, one of the best fucking books going right now. Horror fans, got to check it out. I have dibs on this one. Charred Remains, Issue 1, is also out from Mad Cave this week, which is a book that I talked about when we got an advanced look at that a little while back. Uh, really promising first issue. Can't wait to check out the second one. Uh, then from Malar World, we got Malar World Origins, Volume 1. Obviously, a lot of uh, news with Mark Malar moving over to Dark Horse, which we've talked about at length. And then from AWA Studios, our friends over there, Joe, we got uh, The Madness, Issue 5. Uh, how, how'd it go? 
So I know that I had mentioned um, Kill Your Darlings, you know, being on that short list for, for best new series of mm. 2023. Yeah, so mm-hmm. isn't this one. And even though uh, this will conclude its next issue, uh, which I don't think will come out until uh, January, this this has the potential to be my favorite AWA book of the year. Right, mm-hmm. and that's saying something because of all the of books they put out has been absolutely excellent. Yeah, um, all for different reasons. But I just there's something about the revenge tour that our main character has been on. Uh, and I told you, like the first issue, the the it was emotionally gut wrenching, and you know what happens there sort of sets you know it, you know set you know hits that domino, and the and the events that take place afterwards, and how she is able to methodically. You know, exact her revenge has just been so fucking good. I have, like I said, uh, I can't remember. It was like the, the last time I talked about this book or the time before. I was like, I've never wanted a book to end more because I just need the ending. I want to be there so bad um, <laughs> because I need to know how it ends. I have to because everything about it, you know, uh, it's just been been fantastic. So um, the madness issue five, like. This is a book again. I know I tell we don't try to tell people to trade weight, but like it's you know it's at the end. So if you haven't been reading it when the trade comes out, you definitely want to pick it up and read it because it's just it's that fucking good. Plain so I'm, this isn't a question that that comes up often with either of us, and I'm really curious in this instance because of how strongly you seem to feel about this series and in the fact that you also want to get to the end for for good reasons. Is does this book have re-readability for you? It's not something we talk about ever. Like I'm, I'm not big on that. Does it? Do you feel like that has that uh, potential for you? Um. So this is not like one of those books where like, oh, I missed a bunch of like, you don't realize you're missing the breadcrumbs until you've mm-hmm. gotten to the end. And oh, I gotta go back and see if I can pick up the breadcrumbs. Got it. It's not. It's not that type of re-readability. But this is a story where, like, you buy the trade, it sits on your bookshelf, and maybe a year or two goes by, and you say, oh, fuck, I'd like to give that a read again. It's, mm, it's one okay. of those things, right? I see that, yeah. Because it sounds like that, it's a character that, that you want to spend more time with. Well, yeah. I mean, well, because that's the thing. Like, this world, like, we're, we're, we're in this wonderful world that they've created, this really unique um, and just fucking violent and vicious world, right? That that they've created, and th- there is a lot you can do with it, right? So, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't have to just be a one volume and done type of book, right? But this mm. story is like so much focused just on this one character's, you know, revenge tour. Um, and you feel like, you know, when it concludes, so does really everything that goes along with it. But like like any good thing, character can get their revenge. And then it's just like with John Wick. We didn't need four John Wick movies, but I'm glad that we have them. <laughs> right? You know yep. what I mean? Yep. 100%. So, so, so 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 like that, right? So if it never if another volume never came out, I'd be bummed, but I'd be okay. This was, you know, a, yep. a great, great story. But there you could. Um, mm-hmm. but for like like I said, rereadability, it's like, yeah, you go, you know how John Wick ends. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna go back and keep watching because it fucking kicks ass. Yep. That's yep. that's the madness. That's okay, nice. Yeah, that's that's that sounds amazing. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it's time for us to get to uh the uh, mainline portion of this uh this conversation. And you you're talking about an AWA book today, I think. I am. It's been a little while since I talked about an AWA book. 
Um, it's been a while since we just talked about books in general. I mean, Jesus, this might be the second trade we've done this year. I'll uh, double check that. Yeah, which is which is wild. And the and the first one may have come early in the year because you know what I mean. So, anyways, uh, so this week, uh, you know, for 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 issue nine, it's a big issue, Nicholas. Jesus, ninety mainline issues. Um, Sins of the Salton Sea from AWA Studios, written by Ed Brisson with art by C.P. Smith, uh, letters by Hassan Utsman um, Alau. And uh, again, this is, I, I just, you know, talked about how the madness, like is one of my favorite, favorite books from AWA this year. This is another just really fucking excellent book. Right. And it's like exercise, it's like trying to, you know, pick your favorite, you know, breath of air or your favorite child. Right. Um, but quick synopsis of sins of the salt and sea. Wyatt, a professional thief living off the grid is recruited by his brother for one last job. The target, an armored car traveling down a desolate stretch of California highway. It, it goes much longer than that, but I'm going to keep it there because I want I want to discuss uh, discuss the book here without just you know uh, you know reading the entire synopsis there. So like that premise alone, like if they had just left the synopsis at that, that's enough really to have pulled me in. And mm -hmm. really great premise, and, and you get that right off the bat, right? We talk about all the time with AWA, like. Their books have a certain feel, have a certain tone to them, right? There's there's a grittiness, there's a rawness, you know. Some are darker in their color palettes than others, right? But that doesn't make them any less gritty or any less raw or any less violent, right? This, but this definitely is more of that darker, grittier kind of tone uh, to it. And CP Smith does both uh, the art, um, you know, and the colors in this. And so like it's his vision and everything. And it, and it, it works with Brisson's uh, writing style um, so well. So this is a five issue series uh, from uh, it was written from or it came out between June 2023. It just wrapped up just a couple months ago in October 2023 with the trade dropping in like late January. So more than enough time for you to listen to this episode people and then go tell your comic book shop to, 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 to either order it for you or hold a copy for you um, because you're gonna want to you're gonna want to read it plain and simple um, but this starts off like the first issue what you think you're getting you know from the start to finish you think you're just going to be getting uh, a simple heist story uh, sort of as the synopsis described but it becomes so much more it's a cat and mouse it's a thriller it's it's uh it's a crime story it's sci-fi it's there's there's a lot of elements that come into play in this book and where it starts and where it finishes just just leaves you going what the fuck hmm. in the most excellent way you know possible just the, the the journey you get because it's like we're going we're going we're going bang swerve holy shit and and sometimes that swerve hits Sometimes that swerve misses because sometimes you like you get a story like oh I really love where it's going and then you get that swerve you go ah, I fucking kind of lost me that ah, that seemed out of place but this is again this this is the type of book where there's breadcrumbs there and upon a second reading you might pick up on some of it more because like you know the way that Brisson writes it it's like he's he's sort of leading this trail he's sort of leading you down the path so when you get to the swerve you're not like. Well, that fucking came out of nowhere. It doesn't make any sense. Like it all fits and flows, um, you know, so well. But like the violence in this book, um, and 
again, this is not a revenge tour type book, but it's sort of got that it's got that body count of one, <laughs> which is which is really good. Um, and so this sort of like like this not revolves around the premise of sort of one last job. So whenever you get a story like oh one last job, you know it's <laughs> you know it's not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, period. Right. Like the movie Heat. Right. One last job to kind of get out and and then just always shit goes awry. Um, but this this last job is is a five man job. It's a cash job. You know, you're gonna get paid really well. Um, except so the, the gig is you've got a quote though. Is it is it two mil? It's two mil. They, yeah, yeah, that's the rate. Are they do a that's bad job point. on this? That's wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the gig is you need five men, you know, or it doesn't have to be five men, but the you know, you've got the employer, so to speak, and then you got his contact, and he's like, Okay, I'm gonna need five guys who's anyways. Yep. You know, the, the gig is you get this large each member of your crew. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Gets this large sum of money. You have to take out this van, but I get whatever's in this van. That mm. that's your job. No questions asked. I'll pay you. Boom. That's it. Not like oh, there's a shit ton of like you know, gold bullion in there. You get to keep your share, kind of thing. No, this is strictly gold. What gold bullion? Right, <laughs> bullion, whatever it's called. Right. Uh, what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, look it up. Old timey shit. As the uh, Geneva Convention, of course. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, but and so it seems it seems easy enough, right? And so, but where the story gets really great is that you know it's 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 in the characters, right? Like the the overall plot and the premise goes from being one thing, changes to another, and then shifts to another. But all along, it's the characters that keep you invested, right? Um, and it really, it really drive the story. So, this is a book that, like I said, starts one way, ends one way. You won't, you won't see it coming. You, hmm. I mean, you, you kind of start to see it coming, and even though you expect what's going to happen, it's still when it hits you, it's still like more than you could have ever possibly imagined. I like some of that. So, so it's, it's, it was, it was pretty, pretty intense. Uh, and the, the journey is intense as well. Uh, so I, there's three characters that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, there's more characters in the book, obviously, but I really don't want to spoil too, too much. Um, mm -hmm. even though like you, you, you get some characters at the end of the first issue. Uh, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go into it or who they are really because of, of, of the roles they play. But anyways, so as the synopsis mentioned, you have Wyatt, uh, who's your main protect. I guess he's your main protagonist. You're rooting for the guy. He's not a good guy. Right, because he's an ex-con, he's an ex-thief. Um, but you get right off the bat that he's out of the game, right? He does it so every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in, right? Hmm. He's out of the game. We don't know exactly why he's out of the game at the beginning, but you can tell something took a toll on him, right? Whatever, whatever happened to him was not great, Bob. Okay, and so hmm. so he's out. Um, but you know. You're hundred percent, even though like he's a shady guy. Well, I wouldn't call him a shady guy, but like he's a, he's a fucking thief, right? So slick back like hair, slick back. Well, no, no, he's not that kind of bad. Guy. Okay, all right. But you know what you, you know what I'm trying to say, yes, right? Yes, he's yes, not, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're hundred percent rooting for him every step of the way. You you want to see this guy come out the other end, right? And so like this this layer of what happened to him in the past becomes very pivotal. Pivotal, pivotable. I can't speak. I'm like, 
I'm God Ron damn. Burgundy. Ah, right. Becomes very important to, you know, the plot of the story and his motivations. Right. Um, and so, like, again, just great character writing, great storytelling. Uh, you have Jasper, uh, who is Wyatt's brother. This is the guy who's running uh, the heist, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is also not a good guy. Um, and you're not necessarily rooting for Jasper. Right. Uh, you're only kind of rooting for him because of what he means to Wyatt and because you love, you're so attached uh, to Wyatt, but he's the one that sort of, you know, uh, you know, sets up, you know, the heist and what becomes the initial plot of the book. And one thing that stuck out with me in the first issue is like, he's trying to convince his brother to get back into the game for this one last thing. Um, and when Wyatt's very reluctant, uh, to do so. And he describes, he's like, listen, he goes, we're both older, and and he uses Ken Griffey Jr. right as his way to sort of convince his brother, right, to do this. He goes, mm. you know, he goes, think of we you goes, you remember Ken Griffey Jr. You remember his first season with the Reds? He signed that massive contract. He goes, in that first year of that season, uh, he was still an MVP caliber player, but you could see the injuries were starting to take a toll on him, and he just was never the same player after that. Mm. He goes, That's us. You know, we're not as fast as we were. We're not as strong as we were. We still got it, but time's running out for guys like us. And it's either, you know, get out while you're ahead or die, right, essentially. And I, you know, I that was a fucking great pitch. Like, I I just, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was actually because I can, you know, I can picture it in my head. I know exactly where I was when, when Griffey signed with the Reds, you know, after having such a prolific career with the Mariners and just how he was never the same, you know, after that. Uh, Man, hit- I knew I was going to like this book because I like Brisson, and I was pissed yeah. when you stole this one on me. Um, <laughs> but wow, like that's yeah. an amazing line. It was just, it was a great little like couple of panels of just dialogue to kind of, to kind of get through that. So like Jasper's story through this is also like, it's unique as well. Yeah. Um, and then you have Cecil, uh, or Cecil, however you want to pronounce it. He's your main antagonist. This guy is a real piece of shit. <laughs> but you also learn about his motivations and as fucked up as they are, like there is a point where I'm like, I I almost kind of said, mm, but then like, nah, he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, but he, he desperately, desperately needs and wants what's inside that armored man. And um, he will, he will literally stop at nothing to get it. Literally stop at nothing okay. to get it. And he's sort of this cult. You learn he's sort of this sort of cultish kind of figure. Um, so what that cult really is, you kind of get bits and pieces of throughout the story. And then it all sort of culminates at the end, um, and which sort of gives lore to this sort of, you know, area uh, of the country, of the country. I think it's in California, mm-hmm. I believe. So like some, just some really excellent stuff there. Um, again, Briss's storytelling is absolutely brilliant. He's he, the pacing, uh, is, is fantastic. You know, you, you get, you get your action scenes, you get your emotional scenes, you kind of get your getting from here to there. Like everything about it is just so well executed. And the characters all have great motivations, uh, which makes you either love them or hate them. Uh, and that, and to me, that's what makes a really great story is that you're invested. Um, and then see Pete Smith's art, right? Like, again, there's this grittiness that has become sort of the staple of what AWA is about. Yeah. You know, and it, 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 when I say grittiness, I don't necessarily mean like sketchy or, 
you know, off the beaten path, right? Like they just have a great collection of artists that draw for them that can convey their stories really well. But you feel like you're in this sort of gritty crime world, right? Mm -hmm. And his color palette's great because he knows when to go bright with colors. He knows when to go dark with colors and, and sort of also when to keep things kind of neutral. And sort of the last few pages of this series are just this fucking epic. There's an epic brightness to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that just like really encapsulates sort of what the story is all about. So like he knows how to make his panels pop. He knows how to make action sequences. Um, and I just think that they're a really great pairing. So sins of the salt and sea. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. You can grab the trade towards the end of January. Um, if you're able to either get them digitally or go to your local comic book shop and see if they've got past issues, I highly encourage uh, not waiting till January and getting your hands on them. Uh, and reading them but nicholas this is this is a book i think you're going to thoroughly enjoy i, I feel like oddly satisfied after hearing your explanation <laughs> of this more so more so than usual like it like there's sometimes where i'm like fucking wired and can't wait to talk about a book re read a book that you've talked about um there are other times where i'm like oh this sounds interesting i'm, I'm i can't wait to, I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into this and this time around i'm like yeah this is what i thought it was going to be in a, in a lot of different ways and, and more and um I'm and it also and it also to put a pin uh, to finish put a bow on this I should say sounds like this is a uh, a movie. Oh it's yeah, a, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down, this would be a this would be a great fucking action movie. Yeah, that sounds great. Honestly, I'm I'm like I will not be hesitating about uh, as I'm generally not with AWA, but I'm once this is uh, out late in January, I'm going to be grabbing this thing for sure. Um, all right. So for my book this week, but we still have one more book to get to before the reveal uh, of our trade, which I'm very excited to at least take a stab at what your uh, book you're going to talk about for me. I got one more to share with you, the 90th one I've done. And after this, what, what, you know, talking about 90th, we're going to be doing, you know, when we get to issue, mainline issue 100, that's kind of going to be like, a, I mean, that's like, should be a compendium or an omnibus for us, right? I forget what we did for issue 50. But it should be. I one think of it was. I think it was an omnibus. So then this would be compendium, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll find out. I don't know. We, we try and use words from the business, but we're not there yet. Uh, but we are coming up to the conclusion of this title, "Firepower" by Robert Kirkman, um, with art by Chris Samney, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by Russ Wooten, who I feel like always does Kirkman's letters. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, so this is a. 30-issue series. The final issue of this series is coming out later in December, uh, right before the new year. This also had a prologue OGN, and this was a very – the way this title came out, I remember it very distinctly um, because it was like the, the first issue came out, but the second one did at the same time. And I feel like there was like a teaser first issue that came out beforehand. But also we get this prologue thing that came out early too. So it, there, I, I remember some of it, but it was like, a, it seems like a lot went on with that, um, which is going to give, which did make for like a challenge. Like, how do I talk about this? Because on one hand, I feel like you can, you don't, you don't, you can not read the prologue and read one through 30 and you're going to be okay. Or like, but, uh, but also it's like, you're going to be like, it would lead to gathering valuable information. So I feel like you can, if you want to forego the prologue, but honestly, if you like the, if you like firepower, like the first few issues, you're going to want to read the prologue. Like it's pretty much a no brainer. The question is, if you didn't read the prologue, would you be confused? No, no. So but there's, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of information yeah. that like you, like you so it know. enhances, it enhances the story. 
Yes. But it's not required. Yes. I it's high I, I would say highly recommended. Um, so the because and, and then again, like for me talking about it here, it does lead to some level of complication. But so like the 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 first I'll read the, read the synopsis for the first issue. Um, the one who wields the firepower is destined to save the world. But Owen Johnson has turned his back on that life. He doesn't want the power. He never did. He only wants to spend time with his family and live his life. But unseen forces are at work to make that impossible. Danger lurks around every corner as Owen's past comes back to haunt him. The prologue is basically how he got to be this being that can be like this, this figure that changes the fate of the world. And we get to meet some of the characters in that story and some pop up in the main line. Some again, the course of the, you know, issues one through 30, some are, are spoken of often, but we don't necessarily see but there's a and there are a lot of breadcrumbs that are left behind um that, that are that are behind in the prologue um and to, like for me I, I i just again you can be fine and read 1 through 30 but i just don't think that's being your best interest if you want to give this title a try and honestly when you do if you whatever you pick up you're going to sit down and you're going to read this, uh, whatever collect the, whether you do the first volume or the prologue volume, technically the prologue volume is listed as volume one um, for those wondering. So that, that might help a little bit, but you are going to read this thing so fucking fast. This thing. Like, so I bought the, um, the first volume ahead of, I think it was before um, at some point before my honeymoon and I brought it with me. One of the few, um, like physical books that I brought with me just in case, you know, internet was an issue while I was away. And I read this thing so damn fast and I could, I couldn't find any physical, other physical copies fucking anywhere. It was really frustrating, but we now have that new omnibus app that's out there, which I've been using to catch up on this. And dude, I'm telling you, I sit down and like, I read this in a fucking day. It's like, like without thinking twice about it, it moves so quickly. I don't know that the, one of the craziest things about the way Kirkman wrote this is I don't know where like the issue would have ended because it's just like you go, you finish, like you feel like, okay, maybe it's coming to an end, but then like the ne- you go into the next thing. Like it just, it moves like he, the beats of this are crazy. Um, and the tempo is just like consistent throughout, but like, there's like, it's like an, there are moments where like you're kind of taking the, 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 you know, the characters will be taking stock of the situation, but then it just, you get moving really fast. And, and it, the nature of this too, like this is a, um, like a martial arts, you know, driven story. So it makes sense that things are going to be moving quick. Cause a lot of these characters are agile and that's their fighting style. So it's very, very uh, appropriate, but it's like, it's like, honestly, I could see somebody reading this whole series in a fucking week because there's, 30 issues to this. So like what there's five, there's five volumes at this stage because you have the, the prologue one. So we'll call that 36 issues. You could read one volume a day of this and you'd be done with it. And you'll be like very satisfied. The main character that we have here is, uh, is Owen Johnson, who I, is, was mentioned in the synopsis. Then we get to meet his family uh, in the course of the first issue and get to know them. As the story goes along, you have his wife, Kelly, uh, who is a police officer who knows about Owen's path in full um, and has trained with him. So she has some experience, um, but I don't, not to the extent of like, certainly not on Owen's level, but she's a good fighter. Like no question about it. Um, then you have their kid is their daughter, Haley, their firstborn child, then Doug, uh, their second son, their, they have two kids. Um, 
who eventually are going to learn what the fuck is going on and about their dad, who's like, seems to be this very mild mannered individual. And, uh, he is like, he's very, he's still a calm dude, but he is uh, a fucking force to be reckoned with. And then, uh, we have the guy who's going to be Joe's favorite character and might quite honestly be my favorite character in this story. And that is we Lun. And he is the leader of the order of the flaming fist. He is one of the masters of this order, um, which Owen meets fairly early, like right at the beginning of the prologue pops up again later on in the story. Um, he is this like, he's this, you know, been around for ages, master who knows everything, this great fighter, a bit of a wise ass and will give you a ton of shit for all, for any fucking reason. But then he has like all these weird little like idiot, like idiosyncrasies about him. Like he, he always likes having headphones on him. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, like Owen gives him like, and it, like whatever music device Willun had before he met Owen, Owen gives him like an upgraded version or something to that effect. Um, so and then he, he wears like it might be like Nike Airs, but like shoes of that of that uh, of that ilk. Apparently, Violet's not a fan of Willun, but that's okay. Um, we got Ma Guang, who is another as another member of the Order of the Flaming Fist, who gives uh, Owen Johnson some shit uh, when he first comes around. There are other other people that we meet from the order of the flaming fist but i don't want to get into them because again like you were saying before joe's just especially when we have like the prologue not like there are things that happen in the course of the prologue that just a lot like it's very like whatever you decide to do that is going to be very important for your experience and i don't want to spoil those things uh you do have chen zul who is the leader of the scorched earth clan and basically order of the flaming fist scorched earth clan don't really get along. Wei Lun, when we first meet him, or even when Owen first talks about it in the, um, you know, in the first arc, we learn that the Order of the Flaming Fist was protecting something from the Scorched Earth Clan. Um, that the Scorched Earth Clan is, as we understand it, is trying to free um, this, this, or, yeah, release this thing to the masses. Um, is how things are delivered to us early on in the story. Um, we learn, you learn about it at great length in the prologue. Um, but those are the main characters. And again, I, I was careful about that. There are a few other key players that I'm not mentioning right now, just because of things change from the prologue to the first issue. Like there's a big gap in time there. Um, and what's so awesome is like about Kirkman's writing too, is he very much rewards you if you're reading the prologue, but at the same time, if you didn't read it, you're still going to be fine because there's a lot of breadcrumbs. There's a lot of stuff that's talked about that that gets paid off later on. Um, I, and he, you get so like he gets you so hyper focused on certain things on the task at hand, and there's so much going on with his family, the Johnson family, all the time that it's just like you don't like you can't think about anything else. So then you'll go on in these and you'll talk about these these people or these um developments and, and it's just part of you know it's like, okay that's that's a factor that's happened whatever and we move on to the next thing and the next thing and then it's like oh shit that first thing we were talking about is now back and it's relevant again and holy shit i didn't see that coming um great dialogue throughout all of this the communication is great and honestly like we this is something that lauren and i talk about a lot where when in story whether it's what i'm sorry i like talking to my wife about stories um so we, whether it's uh, comics, prose, movies, and shows, like when, it, when the there's this element of like, 
a miscommunication between people, sometimes it makes sense. Like it hap- it does obviously happen in real life, like a basic miscommunication, but there are a lot of times where it happens and it's a lazy fucking plot device. And one thing that I like about Kirkman, especially here, is he does not do that at all. Every time it seems like, Oh, this is a thing that like in like most stories, it could pop up and be like this, this issue that leads to like, you know, the the evolving of the plot and whatever. I was like, no, they like it gets addressed. And it's not like it's a thing that it's like almost like a a plot device in the sense that it'll throw you off the scent of what's really going on. Um, So I I like that. And then, of course, art is rock solid in this. Um, The ninja sequences, there are so many cool ones. And it, again, plays into the fluidity of, of the writing of this story. Like, it, it, Samney does an outstanding job, um, both giving us some cool shit to look at, but also with his, um, with his storytelling and having that, like the plot reflected in um, not only like the way his characters act, but also in the, um, the way the story moves. Nice. Nice. Sorry. There's a lot of, a lot of movement behind me. That, now that, that sounds fantastic. And uh I was gonna make a like, it was like a West Side Story joke, you know, so, the sharks and jets they don't like each other, but no, <laughs> I mean, th- this sounds absolutely fantastic. And the so for those, this is not gonna play well for the people listening, but for those watching, uh, Nick's background is from the cover of the first issue. Is that the is that the same artist? Is that Chris Sandy? Yes. Yeah. So that art's fantastic. So if that's yeah. the art in the book, man, like. That that's gonna that sounds absolutely fantastic. It, it, it's a little Shang Chi-ish, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's, there's or not, but. yeah, that and, and yeah. like I will say too, this is um a book that we that I remember when it came out. Like I said at the, at the start of this conversation, I was like, I looked at it, I was like, ah, okay, I don't know. Like it, like that's also kind of why I've, I'm encouraging people to check out the prologue because I read the first issue, I was like, oh, maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind it did come out in 2020 there was a fuck ton of shit going on it was right before we started the show or maybe right around that um and i was just like i you know i just i just i don't know something about it didn't hit me right and then when i read this went and read this prologue i was Mm. like whoa (laughs) that this is fucking good and this reads really really fucking fast like so again i want to leave it up for the decision of of the the readers but for you joe read the prologue don't don't think about it twice yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think twice about it. That that sounds fantastic. Um, so, yes, Nicholas, it's time. With that said, it's time. The big reveal. So, I've written down three books that I th- that I think you are going to do, but I will go first. I want to know, Nicholas, what title do you think I will be of yours that you've read that I will be discussing today? Okay, I have two choices here, and again, I felt good about it originally because you teased me with the idea that. Um, like you had to dig that you dug you said digging but i felt like it was like i went deep into the bowels of tldr history when we talked about it maybe it was off air or whatever but it just sounded like it was a book that you like had a lot to read so maybe that's what threw me off the scent um so one is the magic order and then the other one that i feel better about is barbaric okay so this the tag team, or not the, not necessarily the tag team, but the writer and the letterer is going to sound awfully familiar because Nicholas just discussed a book written by one Robert Kirkman and lettered by one Russ Wooten. Look at I that. Went with Look I at went that. with Invincible. 
So this is a book that I am ashamed to admit that it took me so long to read. I mean, I've enjoyed the show. And so this is one of the, I picked this book for a couple of reasons. One, I wanted to read it. Two, the second season of the show uh, on Amazon just came out and I absolutely fucking love it. Um, but three, I love having this discussion of adaptations, right? Of comic books to whether it be movies or TV shows. Now, I've been dropping hints for the last few episodes, Nicholas, that I was doing this book that you just didn't pick up. One, really, there's a ton of episodes. There's a ton of issues in this series. A hundred and uh, hold on, I got the notes right here. There's a hundred and um, forty-four issues. Um, so before I dive to it, Invincible from Skybound, written by Robert Kirkman, a couple different artists throughout this 144 issue run. We have Corey Walker, Ryan Otley, who I enjoy very much, um, Cliff uh, Rathburn, uh, with colors by Bill Crabtree and letters by Russ Wooten. Um, synopsis Mark Grayson is a teenager whose father is a superhero. Uh, he'd fancy being one himself, but he hasn't got any superpowers. Then one day he gets them, and so his superhero career begins. Now he has to balance his life between squirrel, school, girl troubles, and fighting against bad guys and gals. Um, and this ran from January 2003 to February 2018, and there's a number of trades and omnibi. And I, so, one, I love the show, as, as I just mentioned. And two, like, so I talked about I've been balls deep into the series that I'm discussing. 144 issues. I just start, I just I just downloaded the first omnibus and just started reading, man. Nice. Uh, so that was the first giveaway, and then I, either last week or the week before, I asked, "How is the show Invincible and mm -hmm. the couple?" Because we talked about it, you know, like mm -hmm. especially because like my biggest thing with Sweet Tooth is I love the, the the comic book and I hate to be that guy, but the show just doesn't come close mm -hmm. because they change the tone and the tenor and the characters from one to the other and i've heard lemire you know i read lemire in interviews discuss why that is and i get it but like that's not why i fell in love with the series right mm -hmm. like, i wanted to see that now i get when you adapt things you've got to make changes and that's okay but if you're completely changing the 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 heart of the the story or you're changing just fundamentally what the characters are that's where i have a problem whereas with invincible right there are a lot of changes but they don't fundamentally change who the characters are. They don't fundamentally change the overall story. It's making tweaks here, making tweaks there. Like, like this guy, you know, he meets a certain fate, and then this is how he comes back in the comic. But this is how he's presented in the show. And that doesn't take away because the overall premise for that character is still to kind of be a consultant, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mark's mom. It's two completely different characters. Yeah, but the story isn't about Mark's mom, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're in, you're in, in in both the comic and the show, there is an investment in his mom, but it doesn't like the fact that they changed that doesn't take away from me because it doesn't change the overall story. The story is Mark, uh, you know, being that sort of Peter Parker type character who gets these powers who's still in high school and he's dealing with teenage high school problems while still carrying the weight of the world literally on his shoulders mm -hmm. as he's trying to save it protective. And then you throw on these massive daddy issues on top of it, right? Like Omni-Man, you know, it's not like they, they fundamentally changed who Omni-Man was or who nope. Mark was or what his motivations are or what Omni-Man's motivations are 
or Adam Eves or like any of these side characters that we, we meet. It's about Mark uh, going face to face, not just with his father, but also his heritage uh, and his, uh, you know, his alliances. You know, he was born on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, his allegiance is to Earth, right? It's not to, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, is it Vitrin? Uh, what's what's the what's uh, the, Viltrum. The, the Viltrum? Thank you. Um, right. Um, so he's got he's got to wrestle with that, and then you still have these great cast aside characters that are roughly the same. So like the changes they made in the sequence of events, like it's 144 issues. You can't mm-hmm. expect them. Same thing with the walking dead. When it's when something is so long like that, you can't just do it verbatim. You've got to, you've got to move it along for pacing sake for, for, for television. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care that they took these things that there's things that's happened in the show that I still haven't gotten to yet in the comic. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't spoil it for like, you know, if you're one of these people that wants to read the comic first before you watch the show, then yeah, get get start reading, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I watched the show first and then read the comic, and even though I'm only a fraction of the way through, I still really enjoy the comic because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the comic that hasn't either happened in the show yet or yeah. maybe won't ever happen in the show. That's still really that's still really great, and yeah. like where they are in season two. Uh, I imagine some of that stuff is well down the line from where I'm at. So I get to read all of this great, like satiate my invincible, um, you know, thirst, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, by reading the book and I'm like, okay, I haven't gotten there yet where the show is. So there's like, there's a lot of really great stuff to, that fills in the gaps there. So like, I don't know how you feel about season. Two. I absolutely love season one. Yep. I love season two. I hate that there's a, there's a, a big pause, right? Cause we already had to wait so long for season two. And there's a pause between the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I'd rather they have taken more time before they release the season and just done it all. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, but that's that's just me, you know, you know, you know, being an old man and saying, "Yeah, I want my no. money and I want it now." Yeah, I mean, but. I, 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 I <laughs> that doesn't happen sometimes. But I disagree. Like this is it's a reasonable like, complaint this time. It's like, well, just finish it off for yeah. us. Like, why, why are we having like? Delay, fine, okay, that's going to happen. But just get it done and give it to us in, in full, in its totality, please. Um, that's pretty much my only gripe with the second season. Uh, it's been, it was the second half, the first half yeah. of the second season was great. Um, I'm so glad that you finally checked this out. It's fucking great, dude. And it's another one that you just f- can fly through reading it too. Yeah, yeah, it's really and, yeah. And Kirkman's you, Kirk. You see what I mean with the differences in how he like some of the dialogue too. Like there's there's a lot of like stuff that like that gets addressed and talked about still like in throughout the the, the show. But there's like things where like Kirkman will like develop d- devote like a whole page or a couple pages to like a conversation that's like you're really getting in the fucking weeds here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And 144 issues. Right. Like it obviously didn't like hinder the book at all because the book doesn't survive that long. Right. Um, But that's the kind of stuff like those are decisions you have to make because you you can't have episodes like that because then people go, oh, this is is this a filler episode? Is this a bridge episode? Like that's what's made it like there's so much material here uh, that you can you can cut out some of that stuff and not have it really affect the story. But you're still getting you know a really well paced action show. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't like. It's not like it bogs the comic down either. Right? No, no, no. I, I, I like it. Right. It's just, it's just interesting. Like that, that was a yeah. big difference that I noticed. Yeah. So, like, this is a great example of a, 
you know, adapting something from one medium to another, having to make some changes and or cuts, um, and it's still being executed extremely well. Mm, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked yeah. it. And that was that is a deep, that is a deep fucking cut um, for for this show. Um, all right, what? So now it's my turn. What? Okay. Uh, what book? Uh, what? What are your guesses from? You got two or three? I I've got three. I've got three. Uh, Want to hear them all before? Nightclub, okay. Nightclub from Mark Millar. Uh, Absolution from okay. AWA Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Local Man from Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks. Those are my three guesses. You got it right on one of them. <laughs> Local yes. Man. Yep, 100% yeah. it was Local Man. I've said it. Yeah. So there are a few other books that Joe has recommended that, I, and, and vice versa that um, that I've talked about on here or he's talked about on here that I've recommended previously. And obviously we don't want to, dig into those books more here in these conversations. Cause like you are, you guys already know we fucking read that book. We don't want to beat it over. You'll be a dead horse or anything like that more than we already do. Uh, so, so I'm ignoring like a world tree. I read that right away. And I talked about it in the course of our horror conversation. Cause it was somewhat relevant. Same with that Texas blood because Keith had it on his top 10 horror comics of all time. Fucking love that series. But I didn't yeah. think I don't do that as a horror as much as he, he made an interesting case for it. But local man, uh, yes, Tim Seeley and Tony Flakes, man, it's Woo! so so fucking good. I was so right to have FOMO about this series while you were over fucking enjoying this thing every goddamn month. It's so good. Crossjack story is outstanding, and honestly, like everything about it is great. But what really is like the nice icing on the cake is the throwback stuff we get. Yeah at the end of every issue, which um, I believe that's Seely, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Seely is the one yeah. who's drawing like the third gen art. And it's just, it's, you get like this throwback of, of the story of this character. Who's obviously, who's kind of like fall, like crestfallen or whatever, but God, some of the, uh, but it sounds like he wasn't really like that fucked up. Just like, like a little bit of an asshole. But even then yeah. he was like, kind of, you find out. Cause I'm only at the end of the first arc. I haven't gotten to the, Oh, uh, you got to catch up. You got to catch um, up the second. I, arc. I will. I don't, I, I, I got to find the sixth issue, but I, um, fuck it. like it's, you get to the, I think it's the end of the fourth issue. And it's like, <laughs> you're led to believe it's one thing. And then it's like, okay, well, it was kind of, you know, presented to him. And, you know, is he really like, that's not a great thing. And I can understand why he got the boot, but like everybody's fucking hating him for that. Like that's why Crossjack is so shit on so much. And then you get to the fourth issue and it's like, wait, what was that? Like, uh, I don't, he doesn't deserve any of the shit that he's fucking getting. It's fucking bananas. I cannot believe it. It was such a like fourth issue, man. It was a wild, wild development. You, but you don't need to like. You don't need to get to the fourth issue to fall in love with this series. Obviously, I fell in love with it with the first issue, and I fell in love with it before we got those extra pages um, of like the flashback stuff at the end of the issue. I, I actually didn't know what when I read the credits, and it was like, "Oh, Tim Seeley did the third genre." I'm like, "Okay, what is that? What is that? Gonna, is that going to be like?" So there's two stories. I get it. We got two uh, you know, writer artists working here and everything, or two cartoonists. Um, I guess it's a technical term, but what, what is that? And I never see that flashback once we get to, I don't, I don't see it in the course of the story. So I'm like, maybe I just missed it. And they have some more similar art styles than I realized. Then we get that added on at the end. It's like, wow, I, this is, 
this is even better. So I loved it before that. Then you add that to the mix, and I'm like, this is fucking great. I, for, I, I know you mentioned it, but I forgot it. But then again, like the fourth issue is like the ultimate jaw dropper in this whole fucking series. It was, yeah. whew, my yeah. Well, God. the end too, like the way it ended, right? Like the, the end of the arc is outstanding. Don't get yeah. the end of the, like the end of yeah. the arc is outstanding. But like I, I, and again, obviously, everybody, I'm not. I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But the fourth issue is now. Everything's been so far. Then you get to the fourth issue, and it's like. I've, I've, I've never been so like, I, I, there's few times when I've read shit and I've been like, wow. Uh, um, pardon. What? <laughs> I see that. Right. What the fuck? So good, dude. Yeah. Uh, let me see local man. Okay. So when, when did this first drop? When was the first issue? The first issue came out in February of this year. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, you gotta think about it. You gotta, you gotta think about it. Right. We can see this again. Um, this was such, this was such a good, that's you know, true. Yep, 100%. Arc. but even, that's even the start of the second arc, man, has been like where the story has gone from where that one ends. Like it's a continuation, but like it not, you're, you're now fully immersed into this world. Right. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's been so fucking good. And I think I talked about it in the last issue with the art, there was a sequence of panels where he's just, he's absolutely tripping balls. And um, what's what's the um, the the police uh, the detective's wife there who's like his prior love interest? Oh, um, it's it begins with an I. She's um, the baker, Inez, right? Inez. Yeah, no, it's like oh shoot, give me a second. Whatever. But anyways, she sends him a picture of a donut that she made, and Inga. he's Inga. Thank you. And he's so whacked out on drugs that he thinks that like she's he he she sent him a picture of her butthole. And so he like, so then he's like, oh, and then so the next man was him like standing, you know, butt ass naked, takes a picture, and he's. It was just like the greatest sequence of panels that I could ever think of in a comic book, right? Just it, it's because it's so fucking funny because you know he's been tripping balls up until that point, and then like just the the express. Uh, I don't want to oversell it or ruin it for you. It's just absolutely fantastic. No, so to to add on to this too, so like obviously we've said a lot, but there's like a few of these single issues have uh, covers. I mean, uh, quotes from um, creators across the industry. I saw comicbook.com get cited on an issue too. Um, the one that kind of stands out to most to me is from Pornsack Pichotti, who we've talked about mm. with the, the Good Asian. Might be the most brilliant concept since Stray Dogs, which of course Tony Fleet was one of the creators on that series. Yeah. Um, Using 90s comics nostalgia to tell a midlife crisis story. Utter Perfect. genius. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Summed up perfectly there. Perfect Out- description. Absolutely. Yeah, this is serious. This, this, because I think the first trade is out. This will make a great gift for yeah. the fan um, in your life. And, uh, but it's just so, it's just so fucking good. I'm so glad you read it. I, I had a feeling this was going to be because I was scrolling through the list. And so, like, Okay, Absolution, that's a book I love from AWA. I'm talking about an AWA book today. He might do that. I, um, I laid it on but, but the, but, but the two was, yeah. the two I was like, okay, the, no, I'm like, these are the two I know he's definitely gonna be talking about. It was either gonna be nightclub, um, 
or was going to be local man and i go yeah it's local man no he's he's been dying to read that book for so yeah. long it's it's hands down going to be that one it's so good and I, the, the only other book that i would have done before that would have been world tree but obviously like I, i've talked about it on here Watch i ruled out rule tree and i ruled out that texas blood because yep. of uh wouldn't you know, do Halloween that. issue 100 um, nope, absolutely would so, not. yeah like you wouldn't do where monsters lie because like but you you just read it we talked about it with um with kyle starks when we had him on and i know you love that series too so, yeah a book that uh joe found out the fucking hard way you can't read that at night no god that no, cloud no. with the flamethrower when you sent me that i was like oh yeah <laughs> dude, i should have warned him a little bit yeah <laughs> and right. also i gotta say my batting average for picking your books is a lot better than oh, yours yeah. you know you're picking uh, mine i'm like i'm like ted williams over here and you're like fucking tyler uh whatever that dipshit is they just signed uh that's they're that's fucking generous healthy. i wouldn't even call myself tyler o'neill i'm probably <laughs> tyler, more like mike go. lansing for being oh, real oh mike lansing that fucking ugh. i think i'm hitting like seriously I, I don't know if i've gotten i think i've gotten above, one right you above the mendoza line i don't think so man this is why i was a pitcher yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, all right, so that is gonna do it for us this week. Again, reminders if you're watching us on any of our streams, make sure you subscribe on our audio channels because that's the only place you're gonna get Friar Side Chats. You never know when they're gonna pop up, and, th- and if you subscribe to the audio channels, you won't have to know when they're gonna pop up because they'll go right to your listening device when they do. Because we always post those on midnights the day, sometimes those fluctuate, but anyways, make sure you leave a five star rating and review if you listen to us on apple otherwise you're gonna learn the real meaning of backcracker anywhere else please leave the highest rating that you can and do leave a review helps the show out a ton and please tell a fellow comic book reader too this is all about you know the love of the medium and we hope that uh we're trying to give you guys everything that we would want in a podcast and that's why joe and i have so much fucking fun even though we got to talk to each other every goddamn week but right so until next week stay sexy yeah, man, I got to tell you, I don't know how much longer you stay married. I got to look at this face every week. Lauren's got to look every day. Like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.